0: Hello, everyone, and welcome. It's the program that keeps you up to date with your Houston Texans, and that would be Texans All Access. Mark Vandermeer with you tonight, joined by John Harris. We've got plenty to talk about this evening as the Texans are in week two of their conditioning program. Oh, a little thing called the NFL Draft is this week actually taking place in Dallas. I would love to see this thing in Houston. And numerous other things happening. Johnny, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. If you consider... The last year's draft was
1: in Philadelphia, right?
0: Yes. And the Eagles won, won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, Dallas? No, no. No. But you know what? No. No one picked the Eagles at this time last year. No. No one did. And no. I mean, I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. This is breaking news here. I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. No, me neither. But but I'm with you. If Dallas got their act together... You know kept everybody they have health issues too, and not maybe not health as much as availability of certain yep. players. But if everybody was available to them, that could possibly be. What about that O-line? That O-line's not uh, losing any sleep lately, right? Right. I mean, they've there. there's some talk that they
1: might look at right tackle in this draft. But still, you're talking about Travis Frederick and Zach Martin and Tyron Smith. I mean, they're pretty Lyle darn Collins, good still. They're still pretty good. I mean, I mean the Ezekiel year before Elliott. last, we were talking about this yeah. line
0: is the best in the league. And I think that they could possibly rise to top five level again. And then they have everybody available, they run the daylights out of the ball. Yeah. Prescott year three. You could make that case for them. I don't want to see it happen. No,
1: I certainly don't either. But I think it's gonna be a good measuring stick, week five for this for this organization. Yeah. They'll get one right out of the right out of the shoot against the Patriots and Titans, but I think when you face when you face NFC teams, you get a chance to see what the and, and I would think if you polled a lot of people in the NFL they would tell you that the NFC is stronger than the AFC across the board. Mm-hmm. That yes, the Patriots and the AFC have been there and 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 the Broncos won obviously with with Peyton his last year not doing a whole lot but winning with that defense they would probably tell you the, the NFC is better than the AFC overall top to bottom which okay I can make that I can see you making that argument but I think it's going to be a great measuring stick to have the Giants and Cowboys early in that season. Uh, and play them
0: in weeks three and five, I think it's going to be a good measuring stick for this team. Well, I think it's funny you mentioned that NFC versus AFC thing because some of this is brand-name recognition. Some of it, yes. When you look at the rise of, say, the AFC South. Absolutely. You're going to have the AFC South matching up with the NFC East. Now, not that the NFC East is anybody's juggernaut division at this point, but you do have the Super Bowl champs living there. Yep. We just talked about the Cowboys, how they're a year removed from a really good season. Yep. Washington, Washington, whatever eight and eight type of team. Maybe they're a lot better this year. Maybe they take another step downward now. Yeah. uh, So and the Giants were horrible last year, but the year before were good. Yeah. So it's hard to say. You can see the Giants bouncing back, and I don't think anybody would be shocked if the Giants go nine and seven, ten and six this year. No, I wouldn't be shocked at all. That's a team with a lot of talent, and with Pat Shermer
1: now in town running a tighter ship, we'll see how that goes. As opposed to Ben McAdoo who was there but Ben McAdoo's first year got that team to the playoffs and of course the infamous Miami boat trip since that Miami boat <laughs> trip i think New York, <laughs> York has like three wins <laughs> oh
0: so, man
1: anyhow That's i so I, good. I think the NFC the NFC East to me is obviously gets a lot of hype because of the the media markets it's in and it's always been uh, such a focal point for the NFL but I, I can see that thing being topsy-turvy this year. It's hard to imagine Philadelphia falling out of its perch. Mm-hmm. But Philadelphia two years ago was, what, 7-9, and 6-10 and ten even, I think, in that 2016 season because they drafted somewhere in the mid. They drafted 14, I think, right. in 2017. So I don't think they take a step all the way back. I think they've found something there. Carson Wentz staying healthy I think is going to be big for that organization. I think the Eagles will be in that mix. But it goes to show you the job that Howie Roseman did last year as GM. Not just his draft picks. I mean, Derek Barnett, great draft pick. But the free agent signings they made. Well, I mean, Chris Long, Garrett mm-hmm. Blunt. And then guys that contributed that were undrafted free agents. Corey Clement was an undrafted free agent running back. Yeah. And he was a huge part of that team. J.H.I.E. making a trade for J.H.I.E. I mean, they made the right moves at the right time. And just that's, that's what this league is about. Right, right time. Right move, you make that. It's like with
0: Deshaun Watson last year. You made the right move at the right time and got the right guy. That was an epic move. That was a seismic move. But you were just talking about it. The Eagles hit all the right notes. The Jaguars hit almost all the right notes. But as we know in this league, you know, you could go minus four wins from where you were the year before very quickly. Yep. And when you talk about teams like the Giants that had a bad year but a good year the year before, and certainly a lot of different circumstances played into that, the Texans are one of those teams that hope to say or make people say, gee, they had a bad season last year, but the year before they were 9-7, and 7. now they have Watson and he's healthy the whole year and look what happened to them. You want to be that kind of team. I think the AFC has a lot going for it now. Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh, and I know there will be some adjustments there. The Ravens, I don't know. But then let's swing it west here. When you look at Kansas City with Mahomes, what they could possibly do. Yep. Denver, I don't think they bounce back all the way, but they're going to bounce back from where they were to a better season, I would think. The Raiders could have a pretty good bounce-back yep. kind of campaign going. And the Chargers, the ultimate mystery in the National Football League. Yeah. Uh, but no one would be shocked if the Chargers went 9-7, and 10-6. Well, maybe 10-6 and 6 would I've, be a little bit of a surprise. I've said the Chargers are as sneaky hot as any
1: team you're going to find. Mm-hmm. Because in, in to And that, to that end, you, you don't know. You don't know whether you're going to get glammed up L.A. Chargers mm-hmm. or you're going to get warm-ups up. warm laying in bed the L.A. Chargers. You don't know. I mean, yeah. the thing about it is they, they can look so good at times defensively. And I was going through their depth chart last night. Up front with Bosa and Ingram and up front, and then Denzel Perryman linebacker from the U, and then Casey Hayward. You had one more piece there, and I I gave them in my mock draft, I gave him Derwin James. I because that's he was just available then. I'm like, my goodness. They had him. They had one other piece on the offensive side to help out Keenan Allen with right. Phillip Rivers. That team could be as good as any in this league. But you but you said it. They're just they're so up and down. You yep. just never know what to expect from them. They're the you ultimate. Can, they can beat anybody and yes, lose to
0: anybody kind of team.
1: That, absolutely. And I mean in twenty sixteen was a perfect example. They come in here. And obviously, it was after our trip to Mexico City. But they come in here and beat us up one side and down the other. A few weeks later, they lost to the Browns. Yeah. And the Browns team then went 1-15. The Browns. So, it, you so never know what to expect. one win in two years. Yeah, huh? you don't know what to expect from the Chargers at all. I I think the AFC is, is ripe for the picking. And it's interesting you brought up the AFC South. I was watching – I know this will surprise you. But the NFL <laughs> Network had a marathon of its draft coverage. They what they took they took each draft starting in 2011 right 2011 starting in 2011 they narrowed it down to two hours. And oh, that's cool! Though. It was really neat to watch. And so I was watching our guys get picked. I watched JJ get picked in 2011, which is pretty and what cool. What they said and what they said and what, what they were they talking say. about. Uh, they Mac liked the pick. He was a lot like me. He just wasn't totally sure where they were going to play him, but they just knew he was going to make some plays for him. But it was interesting to see Derek and TJ and how young they were. It was oh, pretty yeah. it was pretty funny to watch. But they were talking and you know, we do the draft together. And so we don't get to we see the coverage, but we don't get to hear it. Mm-hmm. But when the Texans draft traded up, drafted Deshaun last year, Rich Eisen was talking about Hey, we need to take a look at this AFC South now, guys. Look at this. Watson in Houston, Mariota in Tennessee. And that was before the Jags had even hit. Yep. But they had drafted Fournette, and you could see maybe it coming. They had some talent. And then, of course, Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. And I remember, and, and Eisen says, well, we better take a look at this AFC South because this is not a division we've paid a lot of attention to lately. Right? We need to going forward. And I've said after everything has transpired over the last year or so, I think this ends up being the best division in the AFC without a doubt. It used to be AFC Top West. Top to bottom, yes. I think it is the
0: AFC South beyond a shadow of a doubt this year. Right now, look, this is pre-draft. The draft is this week, and I think we're all eager to see a lot of things this week. Yep. First and foremost, what the Texans do with right. whatever they've got. Do they trade? Do they not trade? They're going to have some trades, but do they trade up? You know, what's the, Is there a semi-blockbuster? It's hard to call moving into the second round a blockbuster, but in relative context to where you are right now, it kind of is you know, from, from this universe right now with Watson already being here and you have no number four pick. Right. But to me, the Patriots, what they do in this draft, what's their plan at quarterback going into the yeah, future? Exactly. What about the players they're missing? What about the Butler hangover All of it. I think everybody's very curious. They always are with the Patriots, but it just doesn't look so clean from where we sit right now going in. Now, maybe this draft turns out to be unbelievable for them. Maybe they make some other trades. Maybe they acquire active players with picks. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. But to me, that's going to tell you a lot about the strength of the AFC. You look at the rest of the East, the Jets, do they have a good season? I don't know. They were more competitive last year than people thought they would be. The Dolphins, can they get back to the playoffs? Eh. But I think the odds are very good, when you look at the AFC South pre-draft, that the AFC South gets two teams into the postseason again. I think they're very good because the Texans are going to have a better season. The Colts are going to have a better season. Now, maybe they beat each other up or whatever, but you did get the Jags and the Titans both in the playoffs, and they both won playoff games, Jags won two. I think it speaks well of where this division is headed. I looked at the, the, the
1: draft trade value chart. I've looked at that. Mm-hmm. And I love it's looking the, at it's that thing. It's the one it's the one that came into play back in the early nineties when the Cowboys uh brought it into play. Jimmy Johnson right. had that and that's the way he used to value trades and such. And so he they put that together. If the Texans were to trade their three third round picks, yeah. they could get as high as the, the Browns second second round pick. I think it's like thirty four thirty five. Thirty five I think. Uh huh. So because the Browns had the first pick in that round and then they've got the Texans pick. So the Texans essentially could trade their three third rounders to get the Brock pick back, to get that pick back. That's the highest, according to the math, that they could go. If they gave up
0: another, if they gave up a sixth rounder to go with it, they might be able to get to that Boy, first pick in the second player, round. What player, Johnny, Ooh. I'm going to put you on the spot, right there, early second round, would they invest that much in? And I'm going to say this before you answer the question. If they move up that much, that's a whole round higher from where they are right now. Yeah. If they do that, I think that they don't give up their three threes. I think they give up next year's extra two. Yeah. And maybe a three and a four or something like that. I don't have the chart in front of me, but yeah. I think that math would add up pretty well. For
1: yeah, that. I think I would think you're. I think you're right. And by the way, you want to tune into our draft coverage this weekend to see if the Texans do make a trade because they do. Then so can you. Mattress Firm will offer a discount for you to trade in your mattress if the Texans make a trade in the draft. Any round. Any trade. Any trade. And what's the discount? Any round. Mattress Firm is proud to be the official mattress utility of Houston Texans. 25% off if the Texans end up making a that's deal. That's a
0: big discount. Yeah, 25% Huge. off Mattress Firm yes. if the Texans if one make a trade. That's, trade. It.
1: that's it. That's insane. You want them to make a
0: trade. So you want them to make a trade at this point. I think, oh, all right, odds that they make any trade. Eighty percent. Yeah, I think they make a deal. I mean, you're Absolutely. looking at at least eighty percent chance that they make a trade. That means eighty percent chance you get a twenty five percent discount at mattress firm. I think
1: good. they don't have a fifth round pick, mm-hmm.
0: and i
1: I could see them, I could see them standing pat for most of the second round. But if there is a player, say say Orlando Brown is still on the board, maybe that's somebody they trade up for. A
0: tackle is on the board they didn't expect to be there. That's a great little hypothetical there, Orlando Brown. Because if you just had to look at him, John, I bet he ends up going higher than people think. No, listen, I think he does too, Mark. Where do people have him going? I I think people have
1: sort of, it's been kind of a regression back to the mean, because here's here's what happened. Oh my gosh, he's so unathletic, non-athletic right at the combine. Mm -hmm. So what should you do? Well, go back and watch his film. Well, if you watch his tape, you realize he's not perfect. He's not the quickest. He's not the fleetest of foot. But the guy can play. And by the way, you and I stand about four feet away from each other. He could touch you from where I'm sitting. Right. So I watched every rep of his against Nick Bosa, and Bosa had a hard time. Bosa's one of the better edge rushers coming into the league, like Joey. Very similar to Joey. And and Orlando would seemingly get beat and then just reach out his arms. Point being, I think he's going to end up being a
0: second rounder. Yeah. And so you're going to have to trade up if you want to get That's him at that point. That's a great point you bring up, reaching out your arms and, and making the guy move a little extra yeah. real estate Absolutely. or through it. And then that split second of time enables the quarterback to get the ball off. Yeah. That's it. That's That's all you need. That's all you're looking for here. That's it. It sometimes gets overthought. Can the guy play or not? You look at the tape. He made a lot of plays. Baker Mayfield raves about him. Not that his endorsement should mean everything. It's a former teammate. Who knows? But I got a (laughs) feeling that – and his name's going to come up in the second segment, by the way. Mayfield for some job interview behavior issues that may apply to everybody – But it'll be interesting. If Orlando Brown is there, second half of the second round, do they go ahead and pull the trigger? Because it is iffy a tackle. You have Julio Davenport. Let's all hope he can play really well. But they might want to invest a little bit more. You know they're going to take a tackle somewhere, and maybe they really like him and they want to move up.
1: Well, here's the difference. If if it's quarterback we're talking about, only one quarterback plays at a time. Mm -hmm. If Orlando Brown is one of your five best linemen, you'll find a spot for him okay guard or tackle you find a spot i mean to me he's a tackle and i think he's probably better served to be a right tackle so maybe you end up with i mean if you have julio and davenport and orlando brown stand next to each other and they just touch touch fingers and spread out they could touch the end of these walls i mean they're that that wingspan on them would be unbelievable so in my harris 100 final harris 100 i have him at 48 and i right what right middle of right
0: the right where that trade might occur? Right, right in the middle of the second round. All right, John Harris stays with us. What about the top part of the draft? The Texans are not in it, but what might happen? We'll talk about that and numerous other Texans topics here on Texans Radio. Here we are hanging out in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Mark Vandermeer with you with John Harris and the NFL Draft just a couple of days away. We will have complete coverage for you starting Thursday night, seven p.m. Central. John Harris, Andre Ware, and me—we will be here in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, bringing you the first round of the draft on these airwaves, and we are looking forward to doing that. Andre participating in a draft show for the first time ever, so that's going to be awesome to have him and you here, and I'll be watching. Yeah, well, I'll be here too. <laughs> yeah. uh, no rookie hazing for Dre either, by the way. Yeah, it'll, be, yeah. it'll be good. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so
1: stoked. I, I love when. When uh, Dre is with us, Uh, I know it was an unfortunate circumstance last year, but Hurricane Harvey hit and we had to go from New Orleans to Dallas. Right. And all of us had to stay together. And typically, Dre will fly off to a college game or, you know, sometimes he'll come home with us. But he was with us for a few extra days. I told him, I was like, man, this is awesome having him around uh, with us for those three days. And it was pretty cool because we were at the star. And while we're kind of waiting to see where we're going, there's a football over in the other end and all of a sudden he just picks it up oh, and starts. Right. Remember that? I he started about chucking that. it around, you oh, and yeah. Jonesy and Robert. He's yeah. just in. No doubt. He's on the phone talking and we're just and we're just playing catch and he's snagging it with his right hand, throwing it back to me. I'm like <laughs> yeah. this is, he's unbelievable. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast to have him here for Thursday. And we got great stuff for Friday. Friday's the draft party. You're right. So Friday Mike Meltzer draft party. will be with us Friday night. Right. Robert
0: Hensley as well helping us out with our coverage from yep. the draft party as the Texans make the first picks of this year's draft. And then Saturday, all day long, Sean Pendergast, Ted Johnson, Paul Gallant, they'll all be hanging out and helping us with the coverage from 11 central to the close of business, which for us will be 7 p.m. Yep. The draft will be over. We'll even give you the after draft stuff as the reports start coming out of who is signing as an undrafted free agent with this football team. That is one of my favorite times of the entire draft
1: is to see where players that weren't drafted okay which players didn't get drafted and the one that stands out Mm -hmm. more than more than any other that from last year in particular was dylan cole and i remember it was about this time last year where i was kind of i I kind of take a, a process as much as i can to what the nfl teams do and this is what they do they get their board set and it's like all right go and look at these guys that maybe we haven't looked at or or that we're gonna dive into. Not the scouts did obviously know about Dylan Cole, but I I had seen him a little bit, but I wanted to study him, and I went I went to watch him and thought, Holy smokes, this guy can play! This guy's a Tasmanian devil. He's all over the place. He's tackling quarterbacks on zone read. He's making picks. This guy can play. And then he didn't get drafted. And I'm thinking after the draft, why was didn't he were, get drafted? I think, think just because people thought he was short and small, mm-hmm. which we've seen him. I mean, he he's shorter. I right. mean, he's not—he's not, he's he's not Bernardrick McKinney. You know? No, he's no, not he's built deb- like Brian Cushing. No, right. And I think that was probably part of it. And the other part mm-hmm. was, well, where do we play him? What are we going to do with this guy? Right. And I thought the Texans used him perfectly last year, until he, you know he's he covering receivers down the sideline against the Browns and makes that pick. And I thought, when do we had a guy that could do this, so when he signed with the Texans last year, I was I was thrilled. I don't know how many will sign this year because, as we've talked about before, the roster sits at about 75 five or 76 right yeah. now and you can only take 90 and you got eight draft picks so yeah. doing the math that will leave you about six or seven undrafted so
0: well, i can't wait to look at it all next week. i know it's gonna be, know, be so much fun because i think in their minds they had so many guys hurt that some of these guys are red shirt got calls yeah. a half red shirt if you will yeah, true you know some of these guys they just want to have another look at them because they're really promising yep. all right i want to take you through this Browns obviously have the number one overall pick in this draft. Now, you do a mock for the Washington Post. You do the Harris 100 for HoustonTexans.com. And in your mock, who do you have Cleveland taking? I have taken Darnold. Um, And a lot of people do.
1: Yeah, I I just feel like Darnold's the best option there because I think what here to me is what happens. They get in the draft room and they're thinking of Allen and Rosen and Mayfield, and they've thought about how many times the Browns have messed this thing up. And so I think there's a there's a part of them that says, "Look, Darnold is probably the safest pick here. He's to me, I think he's the best quarterback. But I think, to, in their eyes, they might look at him as the safest. They've got to hit us. They've got to get a guy. They need a guy they can rely on. And I think Sam Darnold probably handles the ups and downs of being Cleveland's quarterback better than any of the others. Okay, I think That's Baker a good point. wants. I think Baker wants it, but I, I just I feel like it's maybe a little too volatile. So from that standpoint." You think Baker is going to say something? Who yeah, knows? <laughs> I mean, who knows what he's going to end up doing? Ironically, I have Baker going to number three, the
0: Jets. Oh gosh, Baker Mayfield in New York. Hey, that could be really interesting for the Jets. I think Jets so fans. too.
1: I think so too. But right. I, I have Donald going one to Cleveland.
0: Now the Giants. A lot of people think, well, they need a cornerback. They're going to develop for the future. You cannot pass up Barkley, can you? You're the New York Giants. You still have Eli Manning playing. I'm going to build for the future now, or am I going to try to, uh, try to run the football in 2018? I need a bounce-back season big time.
1: I, I I think it's going to end up being Barkley, but I think that Gettleman, Dave Gettleman, GM for the Giants, is going to take calls the entire 10 minutes. I think he's going to take are people calls.
0: people trading up to take who
1: at number two? Well, that's, a quarterback
0: that, or Barkley? It's got to be. A,
1: yeah, To me, it's got to be a quarterback. I mean, think of the three trades that happened last year. The three trades were for Trubisky, Mahomes, and Watson. Those are the only trades in the first round to go up and get a quarterback. And Does I, he pull a Bears here? Here's here's what I think. I just mentioned the Jets thinking about Baker Mayfield. Apparently, apparently the Cardinals are in love with Baker Mayfield. And if you I I've heard that last year in the Cardinals draft room that when the Texans moved up to 12 and took Deshaun Watson, there was an audible bad word and lots of bad words said that the Cardinals were very interested in getting a quarterback last year be it Mahomes or Watson and then the Chiefs and Texans moved up to go get a guy they cannot go into a year with Sam Bradford and Mike Glennon there's just you can't they can't do it I don't think so and maybe they start with Bradford and move to a rookie, but they've got to have a rook no you can't do that because, and so I would think the yeah. Cardinals would be a team to watch moving up now that's from 15 mm-hmm. that's a little dicey but the Texans went from 25 to 12 They would be going fifteen up to two. They would have to mortgage a decent amount of it is very much so. Well, why don't I wait for Lamar Jackson at fifteen? See, I would too. I would too if I were but again, when you know how it is for quarterbacks. I didn't think Trubisky was going two.
0: Yeah. They had three
1: quarterbacks off the board by twelve.
0: It's gonna be a mad rush on quarterbacks. Yes. You'd have like five in the top.
1: Watch watch what happens. Let's say let's say that let's say the Browns do go with Darnold. Let's say the Giants do go with Barkley. Once the Jets take Mayfield, there's going to be some panic.
0: There's yeah, going to be right. some panic
1: by teams to say, Oh, and the Browns are going to be like to to, a move. we got to, we got to go get our guy. Mm-hmm. We've got to go get our guy. And then you're going to see see some movement. I think Denver is ripe to move down. Mm-hmm. I think Indianapolis. Five Denver is ripe to move down. I think six Indianapolis is ripe to move down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Miami is a team that could definitely move up. Right. I think Miami could move up. I think Baltimore, or excuse me, Buffalo could move up. And I think that Arizona could potentially move up. Wow. I think those teams could all move up to make sure this they could get their quarterbacks. be some heavy
0: transactional yes. stuff going on. And it's going to make it really fun. All right, so take me to the Colts here and what you think they're thinking right now early. Chris Ballard said either
1: yesterday uh, or Friday, I can't remember, or over the weekend, he said there are eight non-quarterback elite prospects in this draft. So, if you let's say that three quarterbacks are considered elite plus eight, that's 11. Mm -hmm. To ensure that he gets one of the eight non quarterback elite players, he can move down as far as 11. Oh, looky here, it's Miami. Yeah. And Miami wants to move. So, I could absolutely see Indianapolis moving. I actually, in my mock, I had him move into eight with Chicago. Chicago moves up two spots and Chicago ends up taking Quentin Nelson because they're afraid the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will take Nelson. Even though the Buccaneers need some help in other spots, I could see the Bucks locking in on Nelson. And so the Bears are like, hey, we got to go up and get him. The Bears offensive line coach Harry Heaston is a guy we talked to Nick Martin about. He coached Nelson. He's now with the Bears. Makes for a great fit. So I haven't traded down with the Bears. I think the Colts absolutely without question are going to trade down. They're going to trade down. And I think it's going to end up being – a defensive player, I think it's going to end up being a linebacker, either Roquan Smith uh, or Tremaine Edmonds, whichever one is maybe still on the board. But if Chris Ballard is able to take number three, which he's already parlayed that into moving down only three spots with the Jets, but he got two second-rounders. I think in the end he got three second-rounders from the Jets, two this year and – no, 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 I'm sorry, two second-rounders, one this year and one next year, plus the sixth pick, plus another pick. If he can then move down again – and then if he moves down any time in the first round, he could potentially get another first-rounder next year, depending on who's moving with him. Or he could get second-rounders this year, second-rounders next year. Yeah. Ballard is building for the future when Andrew Luck is right, that he's got the right pieces ready to go at that point. And that's scary. So I think the Colts are going to end up trading down. If he stays there, I think it's going to end up being Roquan Smith or Tremaine Edmonds. You can out-cute yourself, too, with all True. these picks. Look at Cleveland. It hasn't happened yet. But by numbers, if he says, in his mind, there are eight elite non-quarterback prospects, Mm -hmm. he knows with a couple of quarterbacks he could go to 9, 10, 11, and still get a guy that he thinks is elite,
0: that they think are elite. Why did the report get out there that they fielded calls for Jacoby Brissett, but they don't want to trade him? Because if I'm the the Colts, I want people to think I want a quarterback. Because then they're going to call me and say, listen, I really need that pick. Right, I don't right. want you to take this guy. Or right. or maybe it's to soften the market in front of them, above them, to say, uh, we're not going to take a quarterback. So you can do business with us. Yeah. you know, We don't want to put the panic on that the quarterbacks are going to be gone. I'm not so sure what the motivation might be. If there was any, maybe it was just a leaked report. But maybe they really do like Jacoby Brissett. And they feel like if luck can't go and they have the right players around him, they can win with Brissett. They can do that against the Texans, apparently, but not against other teams.
1: I hate making a comment comment like
0: that, but it is what it is, and I hate it.
1: Yeah, I I was a little surprised to see that. But the flip side of that is I I, I bet he probably didn't mind putting that out there because they wanted to keep Jacoby Brissett knowing what happened last year with Andrew Luck, that if they get rid of him, they'd have to start all over with another guy. It's probably just best to say, hey, we're going to stand Pat where we are. We're good. The one thing that it the, the one thing it said to me on the on the other side of it was, he's not trading Jacoby Brissett. Does he feel like Andrew Luck is going to be hundred percent ready to go? That was the way that I looked at well, it. Well, that was the first thing that hit me.
0: Yeah, and I think he's right to keep Brissett. Right. not trade him. You don't want to go with a rookie because look, we don't know how Andrew Luck is, but we know this: he's not full go yet. Right, and until he's a full go for an extended period of time, yep. how can you possibly if you're the Colts? How can you possibly think you're okay at quarterback? Of course you're going to keep your insurance policy right there. And a guy who knows whatever system you want to run, you are definitely not going to trade Jacoby Brissett unless you don't like him and you want to move on and get a rookie in here or get the next guy and you're thinking Luck might not be able to go.
1: Uh, That's why I I think when I think about how championship teams have been built over the years, you look at New England, I mean – the one thing that you know Belichick missed on some picks, there's no no question. But if you look the last few years and you looked at his roster, there was a decent decent portion of that roster that was drafted by Bill Belichick. They did right. a good job in drafting. Teams that have drafted well have put themselves in position. The Seattle Seahawks put themselves in position yep. to do well because they drafted well, and and Ballard has always believed in the draft. And that's the way that you do it to draft and, and all and teams he's feel right. this way. And Brian Gaines is the same thing. Exactly. All teams feel this way. Yep. You draft your own, you develop your own, you keep your own. That's the way you do it. Well, you're looking at what the the Colts right now, as is, they have six, and then they I think they have four four picks in the top forty three of the draft. Hmm. If he trades out of six, let's say he just goes to eight. That was a scenario I I posted. If right. they go just eight The Bears are probably going to have to give up a second rounder, maybe even a third rounder. You're talking about giving the Colts another third rounder where a lot of people feel like the strength of this draft, and this is where it helps the Texans. Some people will tell you that the strength of this draft is from 50 to 100. Well, now the Colts get another pick in there. They're already getting getting, uh, the six and those three seconds. My goodness, they're going to end up with another pick. And then if somebody wants to move up even further, they're going to get picks next year as well. That's how he's going to build this thing. and, And, and look, next year there won't be this quarterback. This is why I think he'll do it. Because next year there's not going to be this push for quarterbacks. This is not a great quarterback class coming I you know in. you
0: say that. I know you said that in your. But I said that right. last year about this class. I said this class is going to be pretty good and right. be pretty deep. Right. And it's pretty good and it's pretty deep. It is, but. Oh, I know. I know you said that. Yeah. And I've heard it other places too. But let's just see how they do. I, I agree. See what with happens. You. No, you're because right. For you're all right we about know, that. Mahomes and Watson crush everybody in this class. I don't know if it's gonna Got happen. Right. But we'll find out eventually and we'll see how that goes. But you're right, man, the Colts have an embarrassment of riches Ooh. and picks. It's just terrible. And I and look I don't want mean to dwell on them. But when we talk about the AFC South, which we always have done here on Texans Radio for a few years, it was the Texans and everybody else or the Colts and the Texans and everybody else, meaning the Titans and the Jags. Now it's everybody's a threat, including the Colts, if they just hit on all the right notes in the draft and whatever they did in free agency.
1: To that end, really quick, Bortles, Mariota and Luck are completely healthy, Mm -hmm. completely healthy. Which one are you more afraid of?
0: I mean, there's no question. There's no question, right? right? What
1: are you afraid of with the Titans? Well, I, I, honestly, I'm not really afraid of the Titans, but what am I afraid of with but the Jags? But they seem like
0: a solid all-around team yeah. that can, you know, if they play good D, they're going to play off. well But do you fear well Mariota? Gonna, no, I don't. Not yet. But, but the unexpected in a close game, first of all, if the Titans can play like the Jags a little bit more, they don't yeah. have four net, but they've got a powerful running attack and Derrick right. Henry and everybody else and a, a line that's pretty good, and I know right. they have some injury issues. But if they could play like that, then I fear Mariota a lot more than Bortles, yeah, right. right? Because he can run. You saw right. what he did here, you know, the game, yeah, yeah, was, his touchdown run, it was I was going to say it was still a game, but it was kind of slipping away from right. the Titans, but it kind of gave them a little juice. Yeah. You, you know, know, if they were going to have any hope, that run gave it to them. All right. Right. right, more coming up including Baker Mayfield job interview, do's and don'ts. Let's talk about that next on Texans All Access. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you in the Hyundai Texans radio studio here for Texans All Access and Talking NFL Draft. All right, Johnny, Baker Mayfield went to interview with the San Diego Chargers, and he said the knowledge of playbook Mm -hmm. section of the interview could have gone better. Right. And he said, you know, he's learning a lot of playbooks, but he's concentrating on some more than others because I would imagine the Jets and the Browns and right. those teams he's more likely to go to. So right. the Chargers, eh. And he said, my plate is pretty full. And the Chargers GM said, I would comment on it, but my plate is pretty full. So he made a little <laughs> joke about that. So what do you think was the proper way to handle this? Because I'll back up Baker Mayfield in this way. There's no way you can learn every playbook, right? Right, right? As of next week, as of... Thursday night, he's got one playbook he's got to worry about. Right now, he's got to worry about, I guess, 32. Maybe not 32. You eliminate certain teams. But the Chargers, I suppose, are not one of them because they have an aging quarterback in Phillip Rivers, class of 04, along with the Giants, Eli Manning, class of 04, and Roethlisberger's class of 04. But we never talk about the Steelers drafting a quarterback for some reason. There's been some talk this year. really Some. I guess Some. locally in Pittsburgh, you'd have to. How much longer for yeah, Ben? Yeah. But it, the other two guys, you hear that a lot more nationally than you do out of. Well, Free Ben's Rivers. talked about retirement. The other two, yeah, haven't. I know Ben's funny. the one who's talked about. He has, yet you don't hear he much never, from him.
1: Never. I, I don't know. This this could be. I mean, if I, I wouldn't imagine Lamar Jackson sneaks down there, but oh, you gosh. know, you know, the sixth quarterback in all this is Mason Rudolph, and I could see, I could see the Steelers looking at a guy like Mason Rudolph. What going, about him? What does he do well? I think he throws a tremendous deep ball. He's very accurate down the field. He throws tremendous goal line fades. I the, the things that he does outside the numbers, I think he does pretty well. But accuracy, ball would sail on him. Footwork would get bad when he gets some pressure. I just His game on the intermediate areas would start to crumble. We were at the combine. We had Pete Prisco on, and, and Pete and I were talking afterwards, and he just started, hey, you like this guy? And I'd be like, hey, you like this guy? And so we were kind of going back and he forth. He was so pumping you for
0: homework knowledge. I, I know.
1: And so I, I said, um, he said to me, what do you think of Mason Rudolph? And I was like, eh, not the biggest fan. He goes, I know. And so I felt good because I, I hit it off with Pete Prisco. But I think it's kind of that feeling. And here's the thing. If you, which I did, I watched Bedlam from beginning to end mm-hmm. this past year. Of course you did. And you watch Baker, and then the next series downs you watch Mason Rudolph and you can see that there's a distinct difference between the throws baker's making the right. accuracy with which he's playing the plays he's making versus the ones that mason's playing right. and you go that guy's a first rounder that guy can't be on his level yeah and that's the way i sort of look at mason from that standpoint but i could see mason getting into this end of the first round because if you get a first round pick you get that fifth year option mm-hmm. and so he could go to san diego or up san diego he could go to los angeles he could go to new orleans he could go to pittsburgh And even if he sits for a year or two, because you've got that fifth-year option, you've got some time to figure out whether he's going to be your guy on into the future. You've got some extra time. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Mason, just due to the dynamics and the mechanics of first-round contracts, get into that first round. I think he's a second-rounder. But I could see the Steelers absolutely looking at quarterback. But losing Ryan Shazier, that was big for that defense. Yeah. And I think there are a few inside linebackers that are in that range. Leighton Vanderesh from Boise State, Rashawn Evans from uh, Alabama. I think those are guys that would really fit the Steelers and fit them very, very well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, them go with another linebacker. They've got a lot of linebackers inside and outside. But after losing Shazier, they've they really got to solidify that side. No Pittsburgh on the schedule this year. I'm oh, okay with thankfully. that. I'm but you know who's that. got them? The Jags. This is what I love. They Last got the year, first place team. Yes. Last year, the Jags had, uh, let's see, the Jags had Buffalo and, I think it was Buffalo and Cleveland. I mm-hmm. know oh, we were all playing Cleveland because we played the AFC North. Oh, yeah. But they had, they had the Chargers, which was an annual game because the Chargers were coming off 5-11. and So they played the Chargers. The Chargers ended up being pretty good. And Buffalo. Buffalo ended up being pretty good. But this year,
0: the Jags have got the Chiefs mm-hmm. and the Steelers. We've got the Broncos and the Browns and the Browns and the Browns. The beauty of the schedule is this: you get the Browns short week Monday night football, a Monday night football game you played at home, a tough one with the Titans, and then you get a short week to play Cleveland at home. Right? I think that's tremendous. There are a lot of little. I can't call them breaks. It's the NFL. Bill O'Brien would kill me. That's not (laughs) a break. It's an NFL team. Cleveland could be good, and he's right. But I heard what you said. Yeah. But I have to say this, if I have to draw it up on paper right now, you know you're going to play a Monday yeah. night game at least one, and it, this is the way to do it. Right. You know, This is the way to do it. You want to have this situation. I mean, I don't want to dwell on the schedule again, but I think this is the best schedule maybe they've ever had. I mean, certainly one of them. As yep. far as the way it breaks on paper yep. here in April, it might turn out to be completely different. Maybe the Colts are awesome. Maybe the Browns. You know, maybe they're a seven-win team. I don't know. Look, I look at last year's team. A tweak here and there, they win five or six games, easy. Oh yeah. so.
1: four draft, 0-4 draft. Roethlisberger, Rivers, and uh, Eli.
0: Yeah. Well, to That's me, amazing. To me, when you look at a class of '83, because this is the first class since then to have that many quarterbacks in the first round. If there's day. six,
1: that if there, there's, it's only happened in 1983 that I can think of. Thirty-five years later, could get six in this in this round and in that draft. Of the six, three of them were massive home runs, mm-hmm. two of them complete flops. And then you had Ken Davis, who was kind of uh, – I'm sorry, Ken O'Brien, who went to UC Davis.
0: He was kind of
1: in the middle. He was, he was serviceable. I mean, he went he did to the a job. Yeah, he did a decent wait, job. Wait, wait. The Pro who Bowl? was a
0: complete flop? Blackledge. Blackledge. Good announcer. Tony Easton to me, Eason. is not a complete flop. He's not flop. a complete flop. I but mean, he actually – Blackledge was a total
1: flop. Eason was probably closer to flop than he was a star. And O'Brien was probably closer to star than he was a flop. But when you have Elway,
0: Marino, and
1: uh, Jim Kelly,
0: Kelly, three Hall of Famers. went to the USFL at first, played here, and went to four Super Bowls. But Marino never won one. Kelly never won one. It's funny, from that draft class... Only two Super Bowl wins. Two Super Bowl wins belong to Elway. From the '04 4 class, you got Eli with two, and you have Roethlisberger with two. two you have yep. four Super Bowl wins. Yep. So there. And Rivers and I, has never been there. And I once did the Super Bowl participation. It's not quite as good because you have the four for Kelly. Right. You have Elway with three other Super Bowl right. entries, if you will, and Marino went to one. So those guys went to more, which right. to me... Is enough to say that that was a better class, but this is still pretty impressive what they did in 04. The other thing about, all right, don't get me started on Tony Eason, which you just did. I did. By the way, he was the quarterback for the Patriots in 85, the year they lost to the Bears in the Super Bowl badly. And they benched Steve Grogan. Steve Grogan played for an injured Tony Eason. They won something like six games in a row to get to the playoffs. Then they benched Steve Grogan. Eason was the first quarterback ever to win three playoff games on On the the road to get to the Super Bowl. Roethlisberger was the next guy to do it. Yep. But Eason in the Super Bowl obviously flamed out against the 46 defense. It was horrible. And Eason, the next year they go to the playoffs with him and they lose at mile high to Denver. So they had a couple of decent seasons with Eason. But what really bothers me about him is he didn't participate in the 30 30-for-30 30 on that quarterback class. Oh, that would have been great. They did not get an interview he with him. He could have... See, they. So I don't bitter. want to say that. I don't want to say that they spoke negatively
1: about him, but Ron Meyer <laughs> did not have good things to say no, about Tony. No, he,
0: and, he did not uh,
1: at all. But, but we I were don't. talking about we were talking about earlier about the 2011 draft, and that draft had had four quarterbacks in it as well. That was a great quarterback draft on the Cam. surface. You got Cam right off the bat, mm-hmm. who has been phenomenal, mm-hmm. and then Blank Abbott. You had Jake Locker. Oh yes. Who went at number eight? Mm-hmm. Then the Jaguars, and it was, you know, watching this, I forgot. The Jaguars traded up from 16 to 10. It took Blake Gabbard, and the next pick was JJ Watt. And pick number 12 was Christian Ponder. Oh, that is so Ponder, beautiful. Ponder, Gabbard, Locker,
0: Cam. Oh, my gosh.
1: And it was fascinating to watch as the draft, as these drafts would unfold, they would talk about what pick they expected to see. The one, uh, 2016. I was watching. Um, Mike Mayock kept asking for Connor Cook. And oh, he didn't gosh. go to the fourth
0: round. Oh, yeah. He didn't go to the fourth round. And he started like, the playoff oh game against this very franchise he here. And it did not go well for them. It went horribly. But, you know, when you have a player like Watt there and everybody passes him up, Oh, my gosh. What a heartbreaker for those teams.
1: Oh, especially to come back and haunt them four times a year as it has. Yeah. I mean, Carolina we got we need it him right to do it again, him. by the way. Yes, we do. Absol- need him to oh, do it again. You kidding me? So
0: you look at what this team's been able to do with him. Uh, you know, somebody was asking me yesterday because I had my golf tournament. By the way, thank you, everyone, for playing at South Shore Harbor, presented by Insperity and all the, you know, Ron Carter Hyundai helping us out, SNH Manufacturing, and all the people who helped us out for that. I really appreciate it. It was great for Junior Achievement. Somebody asked me, what's your recipe for success for the Texans health-wise? I said, Watson's got to play 15, 16 games. You got to have that. And give me two of the three pass rushers. If I have to have a wish that was somewhat doable, I guess there's no such thing as a doable wish, but that's kind of it for me. You got to keep the quarterback healthy. Give me two of the three pass rushers, preferably all three, of course. But I know other injuries are going to happen, but I got to have that. Okay. Think back to the fateful night in January of 2017,
1: in Foxborough, AFC Divisional Playoff Round. Right. How are things different if Deshaun Watson is your quarterback that night Well, come on. Of I mean, you know, you're probably winning in a
0: blowout that <laughs> night. You're probably you put, blowing them out. I mean, they, the defense is playing out of its the mind. The offense couldn't hang on to the football. You, had, you were down 14-13, first and 10 at their 49 in the second quarter. And couldn't move it. And had to punt. First and 10 at there, 49, and had to play. Why did I ask this question? Don't get me started. But okay. the point being, New England was vulnerable that night. And, and you just couldn't, couldn't take advantage couldn't of it. Couldn't do anything with it. All couldn't. right, Johnny But Sacks to your a lot. point
1: about Watson being healthy, that's the key.
0: That's John Harris. Read his stuff on HoustonTexans.com. The Harris 100. Get ready for the draft radio coverage on Thursday night. That's going to do it for the show tonight. Galat at night is next. Have a great evening. And go Texans.